Welcome back to The Bible is Art. We explore the literary artistry of the Bible. And this week, we're talking about why Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. Paul says something interesting about Jesus' resurrection on the third day in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is what he says. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Paul says that Jesus' resurrection on the third day was in accordance with the scripture. Now, most commentators, when they talk about this text, think Paul is referring to Hosea 6, where Hosea is talking about the restoration of Israel, and he says that after two days he will revive us, on the third day he will raise us up. And while certainly that's true, that text is part of a much larger pattern that's going on in the Old Testament. Let me show you. There is a strange abundance of things that happen after three days or on the third day in the Old Testament. And you can see this when you compare it to the use of the phrase second day and two days and fourth day and four days. The phrase second or two days appears 18 times, while fourth day or four days appears eight times. In contrast, three days and third day occur 79 times. So there's a bunch of stuff going on on the third day. So what is going on? Well, in most of these 79 third day occurrences, some sort of judgment or salvation or both happen. For instance, in Genesis 22, it recounts the sacrifice of Isaac. After God calls for Abraham to sacrifice his son, they took a servant and wood, and on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. It was on that day that Yahweh provided a substitute and delivered Isaac from a death decree. In the Jacob story, Laban put three days' journey between himself and Jacob. This would prove to be a deliverance. Because in Genesis 31, it says that Laban was told that on the third day, Jacob had fled. Wenham, the commentator, notes that the Hebrew word here, to persecute or pursue, is used in other contexts of hostile pursuit. So three days delivered Jacob from Laban's hostile pursuit. The theology of the third day arises in the rape of Dinah story. After Jacob's sons require the circumcision of the Shechemites, on the third day when they were sore, two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and came against the city while it felt secure and killed all the males. We find out at the end of the story that Dinah is held hostage during the whole story. There was a judgment both on Jacob's house and the Shechemites and the redemption of Dinah from her captivity. The Joseph story also reveals the theology of deliverance on the third day. When Joseph is in the prison with Pharaoh's ex-cupbearer and ex-baker, they each have a dream that Joseph interprets. Joseph tells the cupbearer that in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. To the baker, Joseph says that in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree and the birds will eat the flesh from you. One is delivered, 
the other is judged. Later in the Joseph story, his brothers are released from prison on the third day. And Simeon, by contrast, is imprisoned at the same time, judgment and salvation. In multiple texts, Moses pleads with Pharaoh to deliver Israel for their three-day journey to worship God, a journey which they will take. Exodus 19.1 says that on the third new moon after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai, thus a great redemption the pinnacle of the deliverance of the people of God occurred on a third. And not only was Israel delivered, but Egypt was destroyed in the Red Sea. So there was deliverance for Israel and judgment for Egypt. But not only did Israel arrive on the third day, but on the third day from when the Lord would come down from his mountain. In Exodus 19.11, Moses tells Israel to be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. The fourth time the phrase appears in that same passage, Moses commands Israel to be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. And when Yahweh comes down, the text notes that on the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast with all the people who were tremble. This event is the climactic, recreative, redemptive event on the third day. In chapter 10, Egypt is judged with darkness and Israel is redeemed in light for three days. Israel went three days into the wilderness and found no water. But on the third day, God provided a tree to throw into the water and make it sweet. Israel was delivered from thirst on the third day. In Leviticus, there are four references to the third day. In chapter 19, it says, When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it or on the day after, and anything left over until the third day shall be burned up with fire. If it is eaten at all on the third day, it is tainted, it will not be accepted, and everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity because he is profaned what is holy to the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from his people. So on the third day, there was judgment for those who eat. Conversely, if they ate before then, they would be accepted on the third day. Moreover, the importance of this sacrifice is highlighted by the fact that whenever there are cereal sacrifices offered, that is to say it says one sacrifice and another type and another type, the peace offering is always last. It is a communion meal shared by Yahweh and Israel. Now, that's enough to talk about, but there are many, many more texts. I mean, we just surveyed through Leviticus, the third book in the Bible. But that's enough to demonstrate that judgment, salvation, or both happen on the third day in the Old Testament. Okay, but what's the significance of that, and how does it relate to Jesus' resurrection on the third day? Well. Before we answer that, we have to look at the symbolism of the week, the seven-day week. So think about this. God designed history, and he designed our ordering of time. The seven-day week is a microcosm of all of history. Actually, all of Israel's calendar is organized by sevens. Just like God worked for six and then rested on the seventh, so Israel does the same. Six days, then a seventh of rest. 
six months, and then the seventh month there is an abundance of festivals of rest. Six years of work, and the seventh year the Israelites rest from their work. And when there are seven cycles of that, there's another year of rest, the year of Jubilee. So God designed the human calendar of work and rest to image the divine calendar of work and rest. The author of Hebrews tells us that the promise of entering God's rest still stands. That is, God's seventh day rest that he is in is something that we can enter into. We are not at God's seventh day yet. These patterns of sevens were meant to teach Israel about how there is a goal and an end to their work just like God's, a rest after the labor. And that work of history will culminate in rest. History is work and then rest at the end. So if sevens represent all of history, then what is three? Well, three is in the middle. It's half of the six days of work. So deliverance happens on the third day in the middle of history. You see, everyone was expecting the resurrection to happen at the end of history. But one of the great unexpected things about Jesus is that God came in Jesus bringing the eschatological seventh-day resurrection in the middle of history. So all these deliverances on the third day is a subtle pattern from which Israel was to learn that God's salvation would come not just at the end of history, but in the middle of history. The rest, the salvation that was expected at the end of history, Jesus brought into the center of it. But so also the judgment. When God returned at the end of history, the two main things he would do was to save and judge. And John in his gospel says that whoever does not believe in Jesus is condemned already. Or even more clearly in chapter 12, now is the judgment of the world. So in Jesus, the eschaton, the last day, broke into the middle of history. Or, in the words of Paul, Jesus' resurrection on the third day was in accordance with the scripture. And that, my friends, is why the Bible is art. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, uh, checking out the video this week. Um, I have to give uh, props uh, and thank yous to Warren Austin Gage, who um, years ago uh, was the genesis of these um, musings on the third day and what it meant. So um, you can check out him and his work at the Alexandrian Forum um, is his ministry. Um, he used to teach at Knox Theological Seminary. Um, and he has some, some wonderful things, his wonderful books on biblical theology and literary understandings of the Bible. Um, so thank you for that. If you would like to support the channel, of course, that would be wonderful. You can do so at patreon.com slash the Bible as art or uh, share the video with someone who would enjoy it. Give it a like, subscribe, all those wonderful things. Thank you so much. I will see you later.